hello and welcome to Crypto with Cash episode number four. Uh, the same as last week, my name is Duncan Moreland. I'm a writer for Market Prospectors and the podcast host. And I'm joined by Gashaya Abassi, who is our resident crypto expert who wrote, writes the weekly, no, the bi weekly Crypto with Cash newsletter. Uh, and we also have a community that, uh, that we run. Um, hello, Cash. How are you today? I'm all good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm muddling through this intro already. Yeah, <laughs> um, great. We've got three topics that we're going to cover today. The first one is signs of crypto scams, especially talking about uh, what recently happened with a crypto called Squid Game. Yes. Um, number two is uh, the Ethereum 2 upgrades that are, have been impending for a long time, I guess, now, and what those might mean for the Ethereum network and the crypto space in general. And number three is, how, we talked about NFTs in a previous episode, but one of our community members wanted to know how NFTs, digital art, basically can be linked to it, to the physical world and physical art. So we'll, we'll get into that as well. Yeah. Um, so I guess, oh, and just for anyone listening, we really do appreciate if you could like the video and subscribe if you want more and comment any questions you have uh, below if you're watching on YouTube and we can answer uh, any of your questions. And that's the uh, the professional YouTuber part of the, <laughs> of the podcast out of the way. So I, I, I don't know if I asked you already, Cash, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm all good. Um, yeah, so um, I hope you're doing well as well, of course. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so in regards to how to spot scams, you see, yeah. the thing is, I feel like the, the word scam is used very easily. Um, in the in the crypto sphere, and that's because there are a lot of scams out there. Um, some people, for example, p people who are Bitcoin maximalists, who only believe in Bitcoin as a project, mm -hmm. and haven't touched any other altcoins out there. They call Ethereum, Ethereum a scam, or they call every altcoin a scam. Yeah, I've seen that, especially like coins where the founders take a big chunk of the. Yeah. Of the start in crypto or something like that. Exactly, but I feel like uh, scams more uh, are more prominently used for all, all these all these new coins that we see popping up left, right, and center right now. Especially with like Squid Game. So Squid Game was a crypto that was made. Um, I'm guessing probably because of the popularity of the Squid Games on on Netflix. Yeah, so they <laughs> that has a lot of publicity already. People would just started buying because they recognize the name. Um, I'm assuming many people. Some people may have thought it's an official coin. I'm not sure, you know, but um, a lot of these meme coins do come about. The interesting one with that was um, that you could only buy. So you would buy in and, of course, the price would just go up um, and you weren't able to sell your coin. So you could make thousands of percents of gains, but you just weren't able to sell your coins. And this was because they had programmed the code to not allow sellers to sell. Yeah, um, which is kind of funny, but also kind of like terrible. Yeah, yeah. and um, so only the, the creators were able to sell and they made off with around two or three million dollars. Mm. Who knows whether they're going to get arrested? Who knows whether they're ever going to get caught? You know, yeah. if you're able to code something to not allow people to sell, then you're probably, you know, taking into consideration all of these things and doing what you can to cover your tracks. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen? That's why um, 
with meme coins, they're not a real investment in the sense that there is no use case, there is no product that you can see, you know, um, building out its potential in the next couple of years. With these meme coins, of course, there is potential to make money, um, you know, when they go viral. Like, um, again, this is not investment advice, but I'm seeing coins like Santa Coin all um, being advertised all over Twitter yeah. and um, TikTok. A lot of people are talking about it. There is potential for you to make money, but at the same time, it could go to zero at any point. That's why it's only worth a punch, as I say. So if, yeah. you, want get, if you want to join the ride sort of thing, you know, maybe chuck maybe 10 pounds in it, sort of thing. Just money that you're willing to lose, as, as is the case um, with Squid Games, for example. Yeah, I think a lot of people are buying meme coins knowing full well that any profit is kind of speculative. Like that is kind of... Self-fulfilling at the moment, yeah. yeah. And just to go back to what happened with Squid Game, so that's what you would call maybe like a rug pull scam, which yeah, is... It's a rug pull, so the yeah. rug pull, um, the creators, they, they pull out all the liquidity. They're the only ones who can sell their coins. If there, there was a live streamer who was um, streaming the, the rise of the price, and right. it went to zero while he was recording, <laughs> and it literally went from like 230,000% gains to minus 99.999%. It's... Mm instantly um and again there's no way to get your money back it's it's, it's all anonymous but you see that with with other other coins as well not just squid game where like they've programmed it in you see it where you know there'll be a coin that appears out of nowhere gets promoted in loads of chat groups and stuff loads of money people put loads of money in thinking it's going to go yeah, up actually, and yeah and people... the aftermath is quite um upsetting because you go on reddit and people are like oh i invested my student loans into this i yeah. I invest my life savings into this. I was promised this. You know, people who are newcomers, they don't really understand what things can happen. All they hear about is, oh, people are making crazy money in crypto, mm. and which a lot of people are, of course. But then they, they, you know, they put their life savings into a coin that without much research, and they, they lose it all. Um, so there's, there's, this may be too big of a topic to go in all, into all the different kinds of scams because we like regularly have received emails from some of the community members sort of asking with help with this stuff. So maybe we can do a whole different episode on all the different kinds of scam, but just in terms of rug pulls, like what would you say are the major warning signs yeah. of a crypto project to avoid a rug pull scam where like the founders like pull out all the money and just sell off really quickly? Yeah, so... One of the telltale signs, I would say, is when you go on the website, the first page is telling you how to buy it. Nothing right. about the product, nothing yeah. about what they're trying to do, nothing about the team, um, just how to buy. And yeah. they, they always talk about marketing. They're like, oh, we have a massive marketing budget. This is going to the moon. They, they're using all these key key buzzwords mm. um, to, you know, to... Um, to entice people to to buy in so if you visit these websites and the first thing you see is oh to the moon or how to buy this is what to do um and that's a very very big um, red flag yeah rather than like the use case or the technology i guess it doesn't it doesn't have those things probably exactly exactly yeah, yeah and i guess a lot of this a lot of the promotion of this stuff goes on in you know, on Reddit or in Telegram chat groups and things like that, doesn't it? So I guess, I guess finding groups like that that you trust and you can ask people. I mean, the crypto with cash community is a, is an obvious one for us, I guess. Yes, um, yeah. But finding, yeah, I mean, if you're not part of that, finding your own groups um, 
or people you trust to kind of like check with, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what I would say is like being part of Telegram, you you get added into these scammy groups um, uh, by robots or even on Twitter, on Instagram, I'm getting DMs from people I've never heard of before. They have zero followers Mm. um, and they're telling me to buy into this new NFT. So be wary wary of um, people who just contact you out of nowhere telling you there's this new investment opportunity or you've just been added to this white list of an exclusive group of people who can invest in this new project. Yeah, that's that's a massive red flag. Mm. And I guess one thing that we talked about last week when you talked about your strategy is part of that is only looking at coins that are on one or more of the major exchanges, which kind of acts as a filter. So maybe that's the kind. I mean, you you aren't going to find the smaller coins, do the really tiny coins, doing that. But it is like an extra kind of filter step, I guess. Yeah, which is why ninety nine percent of the time these uh, these coins that come out, they're not available on these um, you know prominent exchanges. They're only available on decentralized exchanges where there are no you know parties who can control what coins go on there. So anyone mm. can create a coin today. Put it up there, advertise it, and make people buy. Yeah, don't give people ideas, Cash. <laughs> um, that's, okay. that's, uh, unfortunately, that is what's happening. You just yeah. have to be very careful. Yeah, well, I think those are some good tips to watch out for like, those kind yeah. of things. Um, okay, so the next topic is Ethereum 2 or 2.0. So this is like, as from what I understand, this is like the big upgrade for Ethereum. It, it recently had a smaller upgrade. Um, I think, but this one is the one that's kind of heralded as the one that's going to bring gas fees down. And I, I actually don't know very much about it at all. So do you, can you give us like a broad? Yeah. So if 2.0 um, is like the next level upgrade for Ethereum. Mm. So currently Ethereum is proof of work, which means you can mine it with, uh, you know, mining machines, uh, much like Bitcoin is. So there is, of course, there environmental impact there. Mm-hmm. But what Ethereum is trying to do is go from proof of work to proof of stake. So proof of stake is you generate new coins by validating transactions on the blockchain just by holding your coins in a wallet and, mm-hmm. and staking them. That way the, the transactions can still go through, but there's less energy being consumed because you're not ha- having to use miners. You can just store some coins on, on your wallet. Yeah. Um, in, in that regard, I think it's a major, major upgrade for Ethereum. It's very exciting. It is. It is a big task. Um, I think it's going to be very challenging to um, push it to um, to completion because you're changing the the way it, the whole system works. It's going from proof of work to proof of stake. That's a major upgrade. Yeah. Um, so, so that's it. It's better for the environment, if I'm right. Yeah, it's definitely better for the environment. It will also improve the scalability, the efficiency of the network, and the speed. Yeah. So right now, of course, we're seeing a lot of these ETH competitors um, coming out because they can provide faster um, transaction speeds, cheaper transaction um, fees. Um, in that regard, I feel like Ethereum is going to be back on the forefront of, of networks in the sense that it will be able to compete with all these other compet- competitors that are trying to compete with ETH again. Yeah. Um, so it will, it will um, essentially like put them all on the same line and then we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, that's it. Apologies if anyone's watching the video. I think my video is dropping in and out. Uh, great internet here in, in Devon. 
Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's one of the things I find most interesting about these the new upgrade is one of the big criticisms about Ethereum seems to be the, the fees, the transaction fees. And there's a lot of kind of DeFi projects and stuff that are kind of um, almost unusable at the moment because of transaction fees. It just doesn't make yes. sense. And so you've got like Matic um, is a side chain, I think, to Ethereum. So things like that have sprung up that are have cheaper fees and then you've got Solana which is like a main competitor mm-hmm. that has cheaper fees so like you said like what happens when Ethereum's fees drop to competitive levels you know like do these other projects get hit like do you know does the Ethereum ecosystem suddenly like flourish and um, exactly. so right now for example if you want to make a transaction on uh, Uniswap or SushiSwap uh, one of these decentralized exchanges you'd be paying around 80 to $100 per transaction, mm. which is, of course, which is what prices out um, average average users. Yeah. Um, of course, if you're worth hundreds of millions, um, that's not much to you, but for the average user, it definitely is. And that's just for one trade. So if you want to buy and then sell, that's another $100 um, there. Um, so in that regards, I think this is, this is very exciting. I think it's going to go live sometime in sometime in q1 or q2 of next year yeah um it's kind of it's it's had like a uh a moving release date for a while but i guess that's the same with everything in the crypto space Yeah, because it's just a very very complicated process and of course they have to do it right yeah because if they don't then um a lot can go you know there's there's so much that can go wrong so they have to do it right there's just so much at stake you know it's the whole whole of ethereum here and if you think about it many of these projects are built on top of Ethereum. So, you know. Yeah, so it's like the foundation layer that has to stay solid, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so is it? would it be an overnight thing when they're ready to do it? Is it, is it a simple? I was doing this interview um, by, um, by Vitalik, and at one point it will be like that. There's all, the, there's all this preparation that they're doing for, and at one point... Uh, it's interesting um, because Ethereum at one point will be both proof of stake and proof of work at the same time, and then it will just switch to proof of stake. Right, okay. So he said it's a very complicated process. Um, um, but yeah, I have faith in the, in the team to um, deliver. Okay. Well, hopefully that was a question from one of our community members, so hopefully that answered. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't note down who asked these questions, so I'll, I'll make sure I do that next time. Um, but hopefully that answered... Uh, Gave, gave an overview of what Ethereum 2 is all about. So the next question we had, and I do remember who this is from, I think it was from Glenda and uh, the Crypto Cash community. And she asks, how do you, so we've talked about non-fungible tokens and kind of digi- owning, owning stuff in the digital space, but how is that tied to say physical art or how do you tie an NFT to something physical? I think she was talking about a friend who's an artist who might want to sell um, some NFTs of his art, but like, what's that process? Like, how do you connect a physical thing to an NFT, if that makes sense? Yeah, so um, one of the most direct ways I can think of, so OpenSea is one of the largest NFT marketplaces at the moment. Um, So on OpenSea, what you can do is, if you have a physical piece of art, um, you can say, scan it, and, and upload the digital image onto OpenSea, and you can also have this, um, and then you can tick this box that says it has unlockable features. So the unlockable feature could be that if you buy this NFT, you also get the physical version as well. 
and then of course the the buyer and seller can can decide between themselves whether they want it to be sent out, whether they want to uh, it to be kept somewhere. Um, but OpenSea does give you that option to allow you to send physical product as well. Um, so you would so it's more you would sell like a digital yeah. uh, the digital right to somebody. Yep. And then you would just promise them a part of that is a promise of a physical good that you would, yes, exactly. you would then have to honor sending them. Exactly, yeah. So you, you you could be in a contract that, for example, once you buy this um, this image that's out on the internet right now, then you will have ownership to the physical product as well. Mm. So um, Damien Hurst, who's an artist, um, actually released some NFTs himself. And he's given uh, people who buy his NFT the option of so within a year's time, you, if I'm not mistaken, you have the option of whether you you can choose to keep the NFT or keep the physical art. Whichever one you keep, the other one is burnt. Right. Okay. The physical art, the NFT is burnt automatically. If you keep the NFT, the physical art is burnt. So it, he's given owners a, a choice. <laughs> and is he holding the physical art somewhere in store? Yeah. Storage yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. In but the then time, so from when it came out. Yeah. So well, he's trying to see whether or whether people value the NFT more or the physical art. In a way, you can then tell, you can then gauge where, where we are, you know, yeah. in, in the sense of acceptance for NFTs and, and, and physical art. I guess because it's very different when we took, I think we talked about the metaverse last week, which is almost like, uh, or part of that is, when you own NFTs in that digital space, you don't really need the physical, or it's not necessarily about the physical, uh, physical world. You know, owning the stuff in, you know, like whether it's a car or whatever. But, exactly. but there are people that are selling their art. Um, you know, they're not just digital art. There are people. I think. Well, you just brought up Damien Hurst. So, like, people are doing it, and it's possible. But I guess. What's interesting? Yeah. So this is what I was going to say. So, if you think about it. Um, for example, if you choose to keep the physical artwork, you imagine you put it on your wall. Um, only people who come to your house can see it, mm. and yeah, uh, and they can of course tell that you know it's real because you have um, documentation. But if you put it, uh, if you keep it as an NFT, then you can put it on your social media, or you can create a meta uh, a meta world. Or metaverse, a virtual world, yeah, and put it on your wall, and anyone from around the world can come and see it, and they can verify one hundred percent through the blockchain that this is definitely a real, real piece. You could even set up a museum, for example, or an art gallery, and mm -hmm. put that art piece in your in your metaverse, and then charge people maybe one pound, two pounds to come and see it. There's a, there's lots of yeah, Zuckerberg, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, for example, there are musical artists who've basically um, said that if you buy this NFT, you get to earn a certain percentage of all the revenue that I create for this song. They can yeah. sell their NFTs, uh, their albums as NFTs, or they could sell backstage um, tickets, for example, uh, through NFTs as well. So I think that's really interesting, the like earning a percentage of a, of a artist or creators. Like, yeah. I, I could see um, YouTubers or some, some yes. kind of platform doing that for content creators in the future where like 
because now a lot of them now you can you know sponsor people through Patreon and stuff. But if you could do that direct for a platform where you get a share of their ad revenue or whatever it is, yeah. you know that makes a lot of sense. Well, I don't think I think we're a long way off from. Well, I say that, but <laughs> it'll happen next week. But. We'll have to see what happens. But I feel like there's a lot of use cases for NFTs that we haven't discovered yet. Mm. Um, and these will come to light, you know, um, as as we go ahead and as we start developing the ecosystem around NFTs. Of course, Facebook is investing heavily into the metaverse, and um, we'll have to see what comes through that. A lot of people in in the crypto communities are unhappy that Facebook is the one who's um, investing heavily, given their you know, um, yeah, their, their reputation, yeah. Data and privacy, and and those sort of things. Um, it kind of goes against the ethos of blockchain and um, cryptos in general yeah uh, that's why a lot of people are discussing you know crypto millionaires billionaires are trying to come up with their own version of the of the metaverse that you know doesn't include mark zuckerberg's yeah well i guess that must be possible because we have that already you know we have centralized crypto exchanges but equally we have decentralized you know uniswap and other crypto exchanges it's just it's always an ease of use thing isn't it like it's easier to so it's easier to sell stuff on Facebook Marketplace than like yeah. trying to do it at a car boot sale. So it's it's the same with like it's easier to buy and sell crypto on a centralized exchange than a decentralized exchange at the moment. But that's you know that stuff can change maybe. Mm-hmm. But, well, I hope that answered Glenda's question, um, and that I think that's the end of this episode. So thank you for your time, Cash. And sorry for the video troubles we had. I think that's my dodgy internet, um, but I'll try and sort that out for next time. Um, again, if anyone has any questions they want us to, or well, mainly cash to answer, then if you're watching on YouTube, you can put the put them in the comments. If you're part of the Crypto with Cash community, then just put them in our Telegram group or email them. Um, if you'd like to join the Crypto with Cash community, there'll be a link below this video. And we appreciate any subscribes or likes or confetti you can throw at us. Um, And thank you again for your time today, Cash. And thank you for everyone listening. Thank you. Um, I'll hit the big red button and end this.